0: Captain's Log, Stardate 74287.5. We're upgrading our lateral sensor array here at the station. As such, more individuals are joining us aboard Lone Star Station and starting to call this place home. This episode of These Are the Voyages is dedicated to BFFs. Well, hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode. Guess who's back? Yeah, we're back again. Eric and Chase are back. Tell a friend. It's going to be great. We're going to have some fun today. Here on the podcast, I know this is a little different music uh, for this show, right, Eric? Yeah. Just, a
1: little.
0: <laughs> just a little different, but hey, it's it's okay. It'll it'll all work out. We're um, you know it's been different being without all of y'all for as long as it has been, and um, again, we're just going to have a little bit of of fun today as we as we just go ahead and and talk about friends and what better episode to talk about friends with than my old friend Eric so Eric how the heck have you been man it's been a while since you and I've recorded together just yeah
1: it has been a while I have been really good actually Uh, I was busy over the summer you wouldn't expect a teacher like me to be busy over the summer but I was really busy um school started up for us right back in classes with very little issues, and uh, everything's rolling along pretty smoothly.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the um, the summer was, was pretty interesting for me, too. I mean, classes. I mean, that's just... I mean, you were working and stuff. I was learning and stuff and working, too. And uh, for anyone that knows me, knows that there was um, some stuff that happened with Mom. And uh, anyway, she's been in the hospital for... Uh, what's been three months now um, close to three months now uh, with her condition and that has that and school and life and family and everything in between has sucked up my life so yeah buddy but it's all good it's all good in the hood I just need to um, get back to doing something semi creative and um, I guess that's this
1: yeah,
0: I guess that's what this is. I guess so. <laughs> so, uh, well, here we are again. Uh, like I said, we're, we're going to be um, having a little bit of fun today um, doing um, a, something that we haven't done before. We haven't done um, a bracket necessarily like, um, yeah, we just haven't done a bracket before. We've done like rankings of like shows and episodes and things like that, but not a bracket, right? I'm not going crazy, am I?
1: We did the one ranking episode,
0: best of Picard Yeah, yeah. We did, I mean, yeah, we did the the ranking, but not an outright bracket. I guess is what I'm getting at.
1: Never, never a bracket where two things.
0: Yeah. Are so here we go. This is going to be um, interesting. Now, um, I realize that this probably isn't every single character, like some of your favorites or whatever, like yours, Eric, and even like folks out there in listener land, um, all our dear listeners, might not hear someone that they would consider a friend, a best friend, and I get that. We got, you know, a half century worth of stuff to sift through, basically.
1: Yeah, we can't, you know, it doesn't really, we can't really do like a NCAA tournament size bracket on one podcast, can we?
0: I mean, we could if we were, you know, ambitious enough.
1: If we wanted to have like a four-hour podcast,
0: because <laughs> that's never happened before yet.
1: I listened to a four-hour podcast before. Yeah. I have too. to, like stop and like take a bathroom break. Like, <laughs> I remember. I remember. Um, I listened to uh, Rob has a podcast. He's about he does Survivor. It's a big yeah. and um, he did a listener call-in show for his patrons and it was a seven hour episode oh good lord there was like one point where he was like he had two people on there he was like listen you two just talk amongst yourselves i have to go uh check on my bathroom and check on my kids (laughs) the podcast in the middle of it
0: wow wow that might happen by the way um at some point like i mean i don't expect this to be four hours i don't think we ever expect something to be as long as it ends up being i think that's just uh, that's what happens with this show pretty much
1: that's what happens yeah
0: yeah so well i mean we'll, we'll see where it goes um some of these some of these um are going to be kind of like probably obvious um for who the clear winner is um but you know what we'll We'll put up a um, a bracket, a blank bracket like of the one that we're using, and um, you know you complete your own bracket um, and let us know who your winner was, type of thing. Um, out the you know, all of y'all out there in in listener land. So,
1: well, I mean, in every like bracket, I feel like there are obvious winners.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Which. Sixteen
1: is the obvious
0: winner. <laughs> yeah. So I will um, I will point out that um, a couple years ago star trek.com actually did do this um, this very same idea and um, and they they posted it and um, it go um, and anyways they this was back in 2016 so this was right the 50th. yeah right around the time of the 50th anniversary that um, they did their bracket And, um, y'all can go to StarTrek.com and look at the results. And, um, again, they didn't even include everyone. They just kind of chose willy nilly, I guess. Um, I mean, I don't even remember if I, if I participated in this, but it said that more than 4,000 fans voted and these are the results. So I don't want to taint, um, our adventure today, but I will post this link both, um, really on all our our socials so check it out on uh, facebook.com um, these are the voyages as well as at twitter and um, in fact i will also put this on our website eric do you remember us having a website i do remember
1: us having a website
0: isn't that crazy yeah we got that dot com action man Not com <laughs> so that's trtvpod.com by the way y'all so all right eric i have compiled a list okay so we got one i've seen it you have not seen this oh, so I have. This, this is going to be fun we'll, well i don't know if we're going to agree or disagree on, on this stuff but let so see i got one two three four five six seven eight um i got eight um in this first round okay, okay. so there's gonna there's gonna be about like three or four rounds if i'm mathing right i'm not the math guy so you'll have
1: about it, like like in the NCAA basketball
0: tournament,
1: you've got
0: yeah. the, final eight, the elite eight. Yep.
1: There's the final four, and then there would be the
0: championship. Like three. Yeah. So, well, this is what it looks like, like that, super fancy. By hand. I did.
1: <laughs>
0: super I fancy. did. Super fancy, yeah, because I can read my own handwriting most of the time. All right, guys. So here we go. We're gonna kick off uh, round. One. This is going to probably be our longest round. This is probably going to be the one that takes the longest as we discuss stuff. So, uh, first one, the Doctor and Kess, or the Doctor and Seven?
1: Okay, so those are my two choices, right? Yes. Seven, the Doctor and Kess. Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, I think this one's a clear winner in my mind.
0: okay. I'd
1: go with the doctor and seven of nine.
0: okay. Yes. Okay. So I would I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you mine here in a second too, but you help me understand doctor and seven from your perspective.
1: Well, I think um I think he t- the doctor takes on like a kind of like a mentally role for both of them.
0: You yeah.
1: Kess was only a year old when she joined the Voyager crew. I know, you know, she was grown, but her species, like, they only li- Ocampo only lived for nine years, and she was only, like, a year old. So she was still essentially a child. Mm-hmm. He takes on that mentor role, helping her, like... She becomes his chief nurse, and then... But I think, like, for most of the time that the Doctor and Kess were together, the Doctor was confined to sickbay and the holodeck. He didn't really have his mobile emitter yet. So I feel like he was limited in things he could do. Mm-hmm. Most of what he could do was um, just limited to that like professional mentor role. Okay. Most of the time, Kess was with Neelix. They were like involved in a relationship together. And then when Seven of Nine comes along, she's still like, Obviously she's a much more, she's an adult, but she still like, needs someone to mentor her. But I just feel like the, because the doctor was able to like leave sick bay with his mobile emitter, there was yeah. so much more he could do. And Seven of Nine basically became the main character of the show Brown. You know? mm-hmm. So like, there was so much story that was just written around her and then He took on, like, a big role in her story as well. I mean, there's the whole My Fair Lady storyline. And then there's that one episode. I just watched it. It's where um, they're on a mission and... uh, I can't remember the name of the episode. Is it Body and Soul? Where this one alien race, um, they're fighting a war against uh, holograms. And so, like, the doctor has to, like... Be like his program has to like be put into her surgical implants, and like he like takes over her body. Her body and soul.
0: Yes, yes, I believe that's right. Uh, that's a late season. It's an early season seven episode, isn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah and that and for- was
1: kind of humorous. How like they have to share the same body, and like the doctor is getting all these like new experiences. He's like eating cheesecake, and he's like getting drunk.
0: that was a fun episode and it, it brought about like one of the more popular gifts out there in star trek which is jerry ryan eating a piece of cheesecake yeah it's fantastic um so for me like between kes and seven with the doctor um i was thinking about it you know and kes she did a good job originally of like bringing about more of like the personhood of the doctor uh, whereas others didn't, and she did a really good job of like advocating for him and and trying to get him some kind of equality of sorts amongst the crew, right? Um, but it was, I mean, yeah, she was there for a little while, like a couple seasons, right? But after after that, like you said, seven kind of took over and just the, the interplay between them, like I thought was like a, a much stronger dynamic. Than it was between the Doctor and Kess. Not that, Ke- I mean, people can hate on Kess all they want, okay? Like, I don't I don't have an issue with Kess, personally. And, the, and like, later on, spoilers for anyone that's never seen Voyager, like, when she comes back with a vengeance later on, whoo, man, did I like that episode. That was cool. But but for me, I'm agreeing with you, Eric, that the clear winner is the Doctor in Seven on this round. No, but
1: I, I do think you make a really good point, though, that I didn't even like. I mean, obviously I remembered it, but I didn't go there right away. It's that Kes was, she, she wasn't like the doctor was just her mentor. Kes was like her, his advocate. She was the person that like originally said, the crew needs to treat you with respect and you're not just a hologram. You are actually a person. And she really made that argument to Janeway. And she was the one to actually get Janeway to change her mind. I think that's a really good point.
0: Yeah. All right, this next one, here we go. Paris and Kim versus Odo and Quark.
1: Oh man, oh man, this is a this is a close one. This is a first round matchup. Oh man.
0: Yeah, man, right out the gate.
1: Oh, okay. Since it <laughs> wasn't right out of the gate, we got a little easy one to build us up in this one. <laughs> okay, so. Let's start with Harry and Tom, okay? Okay. Um. I love that first scene where Harry and Tom meet each other on Deep Space Nine with Quark. That is awesome. I love that. I love that scene, and like Quark is trying to swindle Harry into like buying some like worthless gemstones or whatever, whatever it is. And he's mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm the Ferengi at the Academy. Quirk is all a gas. Oh my God. What do you mean? They warned you about the Ferengi. Like, uh, tell me who's your commanding officer. Someone's going to hear about this. <laughs> and then Tom comes in and saves him. And he's like, wait, didn't they warn you about the Ferengi at the Academy? <laughs> <laughs> like it just, it perfectly sets up the relationship that the two of them are going to have yep. right throughout the rest of the show. And then, like, like at, like in that pilot episode that Harry Kim learns, like, who Tom Paris is and what he did, and he's like... And Tom Paris is like, listen, those guys were right. You should just stay away from me. And he's like, I choose my own friends. That's a really good moment for Harry Kim, and then, like, there are not so many good moments for Harry Kim later on. Mm-hmm. But then, like, they always go on their holodeck adventures together, Captain Proton, well they built the sandrines, um the pool hall, the, the fair haven. Hold on care mm-hmm. fair for Fairhaven. But they had fun together, I, I feel like. And I felt like their relationship was always the two of them having fun and then Tom criticizing Harry for falling for the wrong woman. <laughs> that
0: sounds about right.
1: <laughs> but I, I I do like their friendship. And I feel like, you know, they weren't on a space station, but like they were on a ship stranded and they like they had they only had each other. There was no way they were going to like find anybody else. Sure. I I had think they had a real good true friendship. And I do like how it builds over the course of time. And then you know, Tom Paris eventually gets married and and Harry Kim is like, I'm losing my friend because he's married
0: Yeah, yeah, and and just real quick, like with what you said, like you know, both of these these pairings, right? Like they're both stranded, in in a a sense, right? Like they're both stationary. Like one is on a station and one is on a stranded ship trying to get home. So yeah,
1: yeah, okay. Oh, Quark and Odo, Quark and Odo, Quark and Odo. Are they friends?
0: I mean. Are they friends? (laughs)
1: I mean, I love me some Odo, right? He is like the cantankerous old man who is like, get off my lawn. (laughs) And then Quark is like, I have my foot on your lawn, I have my foot on your lawn, I have my foot on your lawn. What are you going to do? What are you going to (laughs) do? And it was so much fun just to see them like, like, point counterpoint, point counterpoint. Um what's that episode? It's called Ascension? No, not called Ascension. It's called The Ascent.
0: The Ascent, yeah, where they're um, they're in the for on the forest plant and they have to get up to the top of a mountain for the tr- the transmitter or something, right?
1: And they like they have one like survival suit to share between the two of them and they have to like lug up the transmitter all the way up the mountain. Mm-hmm. And you know, can't shape shift anymore.
0: Right, and it, he's also like running out of time, like before he needs to like get into a bucket too, or, or, or to his liquid state, right? To a bucket anymore, because
1: he can't shapeshift, because he's been taken; those powers have been taken away from him by the Founders.
0: Okay, I guess I was reading where it was in the timeline, but yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, it's in season five. Okay. Okay. Right, and so he can't shapeshift, and so like they have to like rely on each other to climb this mountain to be rescued, and then like dying, and he's like, Court, just leave me here. Mm -hmm. Or doesn't. He like, he like, carries him all the way up the mountain, and it's like they do really care about each other. Yeah. And then, listen, uh, if I've said it one time, I've said it a hundred times, and you've heard me say it, and I'll say it again. What you leave behind. Greatest episode of Star Trek ever. Right? Their goodbye scene between Court and Odo, is fantastic.
0: But
1: <laughs> Odo is trying to just link off the station with Kira, and Bork catches him. He's like, "What? You were just gonna leave without saying goodbye?" That's exactly what I was gonna do. And then he like, he like harrumps and Odo harrumps, and just like walks on the <laughs> runabout. Just like, don't take it. Don't take it too hard. Yeah. What are you? What are you kidding? That man loves me. It's written all over him. Yeah. <laughs> And I just, I love that scene. It's like, you know, Odo can't say anything, but you can clearly tell there's like this mutual respect for each other there in just that great one last harumph. Yeah,
0: in fact, let me see if I can get that for us. Maybe not. Hmm. Well, I was, I was trying to make it all emotional and stuff, but I guess not. Is this it? Generation of... all we be thankful. Mary, I'm going to say goodbye to you. That's fine. Mary's, <laughs> <laughs> no I'll be
1: overrun
0: about <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, man.
1: Of all the goodbyes in that episode, which is full of goodbyes, that one is right up there. Oh, yeah. Definitely not number one, but it's right up there.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. So... have to
1: decide, right?
0: You have to decide. That's a thing. Don't worry. I'm going to decide, too.
1: Before I change my mind, lock it in. Final answer. Tom and Harry.
0: Okay. We have... Dissension among the ranks. The correct okay. answer was Odo and Quark, by the way.
1: Okay, all right. Locked <laughs> it in. Don't let me change my mind.
0: No, for me, for me, it's Odo and Quark. I just, you know, they have like such, um, they have such a, a unique dynamic, and and I don't want to underplay that, but like, you can see the friendship like amongst them, even though it is like that it it's almost like a frenemy kind of thing. Before it was a frenemy. Like frenemy was a thing. But like there's more to it than there. Like they do care about each other. It's just it's weird how they show it. And like and then it's like really poignant there at the end, like you said, with the, the series finale. I
1: know, I know,
0: but uh I okay look I like I like I like uh, Tom and Harry. Okay, I do. Um,
1: I guess I guess I picked Tom and Harry because it's more of an out outright friendship. Okay. But well, well, that's a that's a tough th- one. That's a, that's a that's a that's one of those like buzzer beater first round matchups where no one picks it correctly.
0: <laughs> so for for this, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna put down Tom and Harry okay okay alright here we go moving right along I'm jumping all over the map so I don't give you too many hard ones okay. right away
1: hey bring
0: them alright next round Kirk and Spock versus Picard and Q
1: Okay, well, like, like, toss me a softball here, why don't you? (laughs) I mean, okay, like, Kirk and Spock is, like, the ultimate bromance, right? (laughs) One can hope. (laughs) The bromance where one person, like, can't admit to it. Almost like Odo can't admit to it with Mm -hmm. Yeah, But... I mean, Kirk and Spock, that's like... Now... Okay, so... Nostalgia plays a role in all of your thoughts and emotions. Absolutely. I can't help but just be like, It's the original! But, oh man, like... My favorite Spock... Maybe my favorite, not just Spock moment, but maybe my favorite's original series episode is Amok Time, right, where Spock goes through his bonfire, Mm -hmm. they have to fight each other to the death, and then Spock thinks he kills Kirk, and then when he sees him alive, he's like, Jim! And big smile on his face, and he grabs him, says, Jim! Oh, wait, 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 I can't show emotion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, he's in Pond Farm. I mean, so he can he can he can have it, I guess.
1: But he was and, cured when he thought he killed her. Yeah. But I just I just love that moment. Like it's so like, you know, he's got this big smile on his face, and he's like so happy to see his friend.
0: Yeah. Well, and then there's there's also this little ditty too, right? Oh, Spock. A lot of staring lovingly at each other. Yeah. Sure.
1: not crying, you're crying.
0: Man, that's a gut punch, isn't it?
1: And then it even gets even more gut punchy at the funeral, when Kurt says, he's like, in all of my travels, and all the people I've met, his soul was the most human. Mm-hmm. Talk about a gut punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, tough to transition from that to how like basically every episode of the original series somehow ends with like kirk is sitting in his captain's chair he's got spock on one side he's got bones on the other and they make some like funny little quip back and forth between them and spock's like illogical i see no reason why i should stand here and be insulted Hmm. how he likes like there is like such a strong affection
0: there in the just like the way he says those things. Mm-hmm. Well, and how about since we, I mean, we had some, some video, some audio, whatever for, um, for Spock, and Kirk. How about just a little brief something something for, um, our other pairing, if I can get it to play. Please play.
1: I mean, you know I love me some tapestry. (laughs) No, it like... We always think of Q as being like this funny comic character, but if you actually think of all the episodes that Q is in, most of them are, like, serious, dramatic moments. Mm-hmm. The trial and encounter at Farpoint, throwing them, curling them in front of the Borg, uh, tapestry, the trial at the end in All Good Things, every single one of his appearances in Voyager. Okay. Like, we think of, they're more serious, right? I know we have, like, the Deja Q episode with, like, that's where all the memes come from, like the, the Q mariachi and then the Picard <laughs> facepalm.
0: Yep. yep. <laughs> all
1: of those are from that one episode. Yep. I, I mean, that is a funny episode where, you know, Deja Q and he gets um, stripped of all his powers and he, he joins the Enterprise as a human. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously, like, um, Cupid, right? Mm-hmm. I am not a merry man <laughs> No, uh-huh. I mean they have some fun moments and and you can tell by the end there's like this this real appreciation for each other. Yep. Definitely by the by the end. But I mean Kirk and Spock, come on. Okay. Okay. I mean maybe this isn't the time to discuss this. Um I was reading some some fan theories. Um and on the lower decks episode with Q, like he mentions Picard. And people are saying that like that's a clue to like Q is gonna come back in season two of Picard somehow.
0: One can only hope. Which
1: I, I would be interested in seeing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I kind of touched on that like multiple times during our our weekly episodes on that. So um I know I'll, let me just say this let me just have my tangent for a second Eric since you you poke the bear okay. um, I know people don't like like it you know when there's like an undoing of something like death um, but I would love nothing more for the Android like golem Picard to just be like a daydream type of thing and for Q to have either just either healed his tumor thing, his, his syndrome, and him still be human or him still be human with his syndrome, but just not Robo Picard. I would love that. So moving right along. That's a hot take. Moving oh. right along. Alright. Alright, you ready for this one? I'm ready. You sure? Okay. We got uh, more Kirk. No, we don't. Kirk. okay. Um where do I want to go next? How about Okay. Janeway and Chicote versus Uhura and Scotty. I know, they're unlikely friendship pairings, I know. This is kind of weird, but I'm going with it.
1: Are and Scotty even friends?
0: I'm going mainly off of uh, Final Frontier. So just roll with
1: it. Okay, um, well... I can't even think of a scene that they even had together in that movie. Not that I remember that movie all that fondly. Like, although it's better... (laughs) you see it then the first time definitely um i honestly i can't even think of any scotty uhura moments um together although although um janeway and Chicote to me does actually feel like a friendship um Like, Janeway repeatedly says, there's no one I trust more than you, Chakotay. And, honestly, there was a lot of, I feel like there was a lot of romantic chemistry between the two of them. And I'm kind of surprised that the two of them never hooked up together. And, like, at the end of Season 7 of Voyager, they just kind of, like, sprang on us, this uh, Chakotay and Seven of Nine, which, like, made no sense, but like Chakotay and Janeway, I'll ship that. I'll ship
0: that. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that was the thing like the, the Janeway I'm glad. F- first off, I'm very glad that they didn't. I, mean, I I like the fact that they were friends for the entirety of the show. And like like trusted, right? I mean, they, they were like trusted and they were close and stuff and that it didn't become romantic. Like part of me wanted Something to pay to 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 pan out between them, but at the same time, I'm glad it didn't. Um, but it was weird. Like, Seven shows up and they're kind of like just there together, and then boom, now they're a couple. It was kind of like Worf and Troy at one point. Yeah,
1: yeah, it just came out of nowhere. It didn't make yeah,
0: sense. yeah. It was it was an awkward turtle kind of moment.
1: But like, I, I I I get what you're saying. How you're glad that. Janeway and Chakotay never hooked up. That would have created a weird dynamic, like mm-hmm. if the first officer were like romantically involved, and in what happens if it doesn't work out? Yeah. But, like, there's this this great moment where like they both contract at the end of season two, where they both contract some disease. Mm-hmm. You know, it's called resolutions, they have to get like left on some planet, and like they're there together, and uh, Janeway is trying to like be the scientist that she is and trying to find a cure and. Chakotay is like trying to make their life comfortable on this planet, and you can see he says like every time I try to become comfortable here, make a home, you you pull away and you reject this, and then and then at one point Janeway's like we need to have a conversation about boundaries here, and he like goes on to some there's an old like tale amongst my people and uh, like says the war like something like the warrior would would always be there for the for the tribe leaders like, is that really like an actual tale from your tribe he's like no but it made it easier to say
0: <laughs> so what i'm hearing in all this is you're going janeway chakotay for this round
1: janeway and chakotay only okay. I not think of any interactions between scotty and
0: So, most of the Uhura and Scotty interactions, I think, are more in the TOS movies more than the actual show. Um, I mean, in fact, they seem to be paired the most whenever, like, they're breaking up, right? Like, to go do different parts of the mission. Um, like, typically, they're kind of hanging out together, um... Like Voyage Home, they're kind of like they're walking near each other, and they're kind of in a way hanging out on on the Klingon vessel. And then in, in um, Final Frontier, they're both on the bridge and they're being friendly with one another. And at one point, I was kind of like freaking out because it seemed like they were flirting with each other. Whenever she, uh, one of the, I think she was handing Scotty like an MRE or like a bag of popcorn or something while they were trying to do stuff on the 1701A. And it was just kind of weird, um, and they were tip. I mean, it seemed like they were typically hanging back the most on the ship or on the station or whatever together. And like you always had like Chekhov and Sulu that would pretty much be together. I mean, even even in even in, in Voyage Home, home? It, there, it was it was. I mean, in Voyage Home, it was Uhura and Chekov on on the actual like Enterprise ship
1: nuclear vessels.
0: yeah so i mean it was a weird friendship i think just seeing like the brief moments on screen um and even like with what you were saying like starting to say about like the romantic stuff i was a little surprised based on just like the flirt the flirting that kind of happened again on final frontier that they didn't put scotty and uhura together in jj trek I thought that would have made more sense than Spock and Uhura in JJ Trick. That's just me, though.
1: Okay, I'll have to go back and watch Final Frontier and look for that.
0: It's it's right at the beginning. Um, I don't remember if everyone's been called back or not, but um, it's it's near the beginning of the movie. So if you don't want to watch the whole thing, you can just watch like the first thirty minutes or whatever. I I will say that movie does get better the second time you watch it. Yeah, there's like one, there's like one part that just drives me bonkers every time, and it's the fight scene in the in the um, the shuttle bay. Okay. Because you can clearly see a wire. Oh. Okay. Like it's not even they they don't even try and hide it. You can just see the wire.
1: Okay.
0: So. All right. Back to action. Here we go, guys. All right. Kirk and Bones versus Burnham and Tilly.
1: Okay. All right. So, Tilly is and Burnham together our bottom five least favorite characters of all time sure um, like sure. Tilly is just middling and annoying and Michael Burnham is very poorly written and they try to force every single storyline to be about her mm-hmm.
0: now, okay. now,
1: now. that being said I can still appreciate the friendship that the two of them have right? Um, and I think it takes on kind of like a mentor role as well um but I feel like at the same time, Burnham is trying to push her single-minded view on Tilly. Like, the only way to be a captain is to do all of these things right here. And she's pushing Tilly to things that maybe aren't the best for Tilly. And I, I do think they do have a good friendship, though. Like, even though I don't like either one of those characters. So I'm not just going to dismiss the two of them offhand. Okay. But, I mean... Kirk and Bones, right? Like this, like Kirk and Spock. Like, yeah, How how do you top? How how can how can somebody who's had you know two seasons and you know three years worth of our time compared to somebody who's had fifty five years worth of our time and memories and stuff? It's just it's this is one of these like blowouts where like the spread is minus thirty and they cover the. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think so I'm I'm rewatching Discovery right now like uh, in preparation for for season 3 that um by the time that y'all are hearing this uh, we'll have already aired like we've already had like a couple couple episodes by this point um but at the time of this recording like I am I'm re- rewatching it and stuff and I'm let me say this. Discovery is not my favorite Trek. Period. Full stop.
1: I'm right there with
0: you. But I'm starting to appreciate it more than I originally did. That doesn't mean I, I like it or or dislike it. I'm just appreciating it more for what it is and what it, what it gives to the Trek fandom. Basically. And like Kess and the doctor as annoying as tilly is for me and for you as well tilly is the only one seemingly the only one apart from Lorca, that really gave burnham a shot that almost gave burnham like her humanity back basically after becoming a mutineer and we can argue that all you want but that's one thing that like really shines about that relationship about that friendship with me is she's so idealistic it's nauseating. Tilly, Tilly that is. I uh, know. And
1: a really good point that I never even really considered. And as annoying as Tilly is, she is that that Star Trek, hopeful, optimistic character. hmm
0: And Saru, like originally when I w- was watching the show when it first aired back in like 17 and 18 Saru annoyed the living crap out of me like I didn't want to like him but like I I didn't really start liking Saru until we got to um, the back half of season one whenever he made one of his inspirational speeches about we are Starfleet type of thing that's like that's a standout Saru mo- moment right there but even now like re-watching it like Saru is still the best character, in my opinion, on the show, apart from maybe Pike. But, um, I love, I love, I mean, I'm appreciating all the characters all, all over again. Like, I'm gaining more appreciation for them than I did before. Um, but that being said, you're right. We have a half century plus with, you know, the original crew, just Star Trek in general. Um, and it doesn't mean that the friendships and the bonds and the whatever that they've, that the different crews have had is more or less just because of the amount of seasons we've had. But at the same time, it does because we've seen more of, of bones and Kirk. So yeah, for me, I'm going to agree with you with, with Kirk and bones on this one. But I think for any, I will say this, anyone in listener Land that has dislike discovery and that's your that's your right to do that like your right to choose if you want to hate it or like it if you're in the in the naysayer camp I want to challenge you to go back and listen or not listen to to watch disco season one again and, and really look at the interplay between Tilly and Burnham I mean it might be nauseating get some pepto that's fine but check them out because I think I think if you look at it from that light you might appreciate it just a little bit more
1: I think that's a really fair point that I am definitely going to consider as I rewatch Discovery to prepare for season three.
0: Yeah, cool. All right, um, all right. This one might be a middle of the road one. I don't know. Uh, we've been kind of throwing the time card out there for for a little while, so I don't know how well this one's going to work, but. Trip and Archer versus Picard and Riker.
1: Okay, all right. Um, I have another question. I, I I said are Scotty and Uhura friends, and yeah. I'm gonna make this question again. Are Picard and Riker actually friends? Okay. Okay. Like. During the run of The Next Generation, are they actually friends? Because I feel like Picard, for as much as, um, he gets along with his shipmates, he is the detached captain, right? Sure. From, you know, Beverly Crusher, right? <laughs> I The detached captain. He never joins them in their poker game. Um... You know, he goes on his holodeck. Whenever he's on the holodeck, he basically goes there with himself or with Gynan. Kill stuff. So I always never really thought of Picard and Riker as friends. They were, you know, professional colleagues, and Picard trusted him with his life more than anybody else in the entire world. But I never thought of them as friends. But then, but then. I get to the episode Nepenthe, which like, like we've talked about Nepenthe, like, huh. you know, right? I do feel like by that moment they're friends because they're never they're not in a professional, you know, I'm your superior, you're my subordinate relationship. And so when Riker like says, "Typical Captain Picard arrogance." He always thinks he knows what's best, and he can tell everyone what they need to do. And I'm like, "Whoa, Will Riker, whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Like, question whether or not they're actually friends, and I'm, I'm just curious what you think.
0: Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to an earlier round that we had, Eric, and if we can talk about Janeway and Chakotay
1: okay.
0: um, as being friends in a professional capacity. Is there a reason why we couldn't do that with Picard and Riker in the same professional capacity? Literally Captain First Officer. And literally Kirk and Spock.
1: Well, But like... Yeah, I get your point. I get your point. But... Kirk, to me, never felt like the detached professional leader like that Picard was. And that's not to say anything is wrong with Picard. They're just different personalities and different different characters. And they run their ship differently. They're, neither is better or worse than the other. And I get your point. And then, like, does Chakotay and Janeway feel different because it's a man and a woman? Possibly. Right?
0: Hold on, let's let's listen to this for just a second. Okay. Just Brush your teeth in less than ten seconds. With this revolution. Don't yeah, brush your teeth in less than ten seconds, everyone. Please do. toothbrush. It's a yeah. It was created by a and I am angry, very, very glad to see you. Welcome. This is Commander Diana Troy, Dr. Soji Asher.
1: Just Soji.
0: Long story.
1: Dad! What? Come out here! Stop yelling! Pause music. Say again! Hello, Will.
0: Oh, oh man! Oh. I want to be in the middle of that hug, by the way.
1: I want to be in all of those hugs in that episode, right?
0: Right. Like that hug in particular, and also the group hug at the very end of that episode.
1: I mentioned that in our recap, where it's like, I don't care if I'm the awkward guy that the hugs, like, there's, you know, there's always that one person that really can't fit in there.
0: Right. Right. On the
1: outside. I'll do that. Oh. But I think that plays to my point is that they're no longer in a professional relationship at that point. They're they're just two people and they don't have to have this professional detachment. Okay. But like there was... I and I know like Trip and Archer are have also have a professional relationship. They're not Captain First Officer, but Captain and you know second, third in command, right? But I think the two of them, the difference is the two of them became friends before they were in a, you know, supervisor underling. But okay. A good flashback episode where uh, we see uh, when Archer met Trip. Where Trip is just an engineer on the, the, um, the, the, the NX program, and Archer's one of the test pilots. And yeah. you get to see their friendship build. And the two of them truly are friends, right? They're eating dinner every day, they're watching water polo, they're mm-hmm. friends stuff. And it just feels different because they met before they had a professional relationship.
0: Sure and i got to let me just say this before you you say your your answer your definitive answer is this is truly very hard for me to answer this one because i'm probably going to be very unpopular but but star trek enterprise and the next generation are two of my favorite shows and i love both sets of these characters so much like i i probably want this is going to change soon because of how much I love Deep Space Nine now, but I've seen Enterprise and Next Gen the most of all the Star Trek shows to date. So this is truly very hard for me to to answer this one.
1: One of those those back and forth, like the game is within five points the entire time, and we're
0: like the Stanley Cup.
1: We're, yeah, we're. Like a buzzer beater, maybe to win this thing. This is a close one. But I think I made up my mind. Okay. And maybe this is an upset. Maybe people are gonna be mad, but I'm going archer and trip here.
0: Okay. Okay, because of the history leading up to it.
1: Because of the history leading up to it, yeah. And they they met each other before this professional capacity like you were able to become friends before
0: they got into that. World. Okay. Yeah, man, like I don't know. I love both I love both sets of characters. And I mean I might be just completely blanking on something, but Part of my recollection with Trip and Archer is that they had been working together forever on like the warp five project and, and stuff along with like, you know, Archer's dad and, and being in test pilots and all, all the stuff that went into like actually getting into space. So my perspective, I do see it. I mean, I, I do, I do understand and I appreciate exactly what you're saying. About like there, there was more, there, there was more backstory to them than there was to the abrupt start with Picard and Riker. Oh, Damn, I'm gonna have to flip a coin on this one. I hate this. Why did I make this bracket, Eric? <laughs> Why didn't you make the bracket?
1: Why didn't I make it? <laughs>
0: Ah, see if it were if it were Archer and um, I can't stand him that's why I can't remember his name Malcolm? help me yes if it were Archer and Malcolm that'd be easy it'd definitely be Picard and Riker I can't stand Malcolm every episode I was hoping he'd die
1: wow that's extreme
0: yeah, he was so annoying. Like, why you gotta be making yourself out to be better than the captain? Just shut up and do your job. No one cares about your your whiny nature. Just, I hope you, you fall out of an airlock or something. I wanted him to freeze to death in that one episode and Trip survive, but... Did I, am I saying this on the record? I guess so. I might need to bleep myself out.
1: <laughs> All right, hey, it's time to pick.
0: Had gum it, Eric. Stop reminding me. Okay, I'm going Picard and Riker. Okay. So I don't
1: This is my shock face. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see you can't see that in listener land, but Chase saw me.
0: I just don't know what this means for our, our bracket.
1: Well, when we disagreed earlier, the one time you took my choice,
0: I did do that. Okay, it's a wash then. So I took yours last time, taking mine this time.
1: Fair enough. And are we down to our last first round matchup now?
0: Nope, not quite. We're almost there. We have. Let's we have uh two more two more pairings, and that'll be it for round one. Okay, let's do it. Am mathing right? I am mathing right. Okay. Um, Jake and Nog versus Una and Spock.
1: Okay, I was wondering when you would get to Jake and Nog, right? Because, you know, I love me and Deep Space Nine, and mm-hmm. I think Jake Sisko is a much better character than people... Give him credit for.
0: His character arc is great. His development over seven seasons is amazing.
1: Jake Sisko is the character that Wesley Crusher was supposed to be. Right? I think Jake Sisko is, I mean, a much better character. Um, and he, he's only in like half the episodes. He's in the opening credits, but I mean, he's really only in like half the episodes. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: and then, like, Nog is also a fantastic character. Like, think about the character development of Nog, right? From where he starts, he's just, you know, Ram's son and Quark's nephew to being, like, this really important, like, Starfleet officer who suffers PTSD in this battle. I mean, just an amazing character yeah. Um. So, what do Jake and Nog do? They sit on the railing above the promenade and just watch people. They just people watch all day. And people watching is fun, right? Yeah. But, like, there, there's the episode. Um, what is it? I don't remember. The name of it, but, uh, Cisco is, like, conducting negotiations between two groups of people on or. And like the leader of one group is like a a twelve year old girl. hmm Right? And like, like but Jake and Nod don't know who she is. And so like they form like a friendship and they like run around and play on the station. And it's like really fun.
0: <laughs> this is one uh this is one of my favorite or, like, moments.
1: They like Jake fills up Odo's
0: bucket with like oatmeal or something.
1: And yeah. he like throws it on on Nog, it's
0: hilarious. All right, this is, I think, one of my favorite moments if I can get this thing to, to play right. So bear with me. moment where Jake is teaching Nog to read. Come on somebody.
1: Yeah, I was just about to mention that too because like uh, you know, Ben Sisko he's like just like forbidden Jake to spend any more time with Nog and then he sees them run off together and he thinks they're going to get into more trouble and he catches he, he like doesn't like come up on them he just like watches from afar and he sees Jake teaching Nog to read.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: I have a good son yeah, right. it's a really good moment. Yeah, and then like they have so much fun. What's that episode where they create the No J Consortium, and they're mm-hmm. like, look, let's trade the Stembolds for this something else, and then let's buy this land, <laughs> and then like it's just dirt. So Jake's like, it's land. <laughs> and then there's the episode. It's uh, in the cards right before the Dominion War starts where. They're trying to get that Willie Mays baseball car.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> that guy who, like, uh, tries to build, like, the Live Forever Chamber.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> they have some little fun misadventures. Oh, man. And then they eventually live together, and, like, they don't and get
0: along. No. No. <laughs> no, not at all, man. Not at all.
1: <laughs> no, they have a really good friendship, right? And I really enjoy watching those two characters grow up over the course of the show. It's one of the really things that fascinates me about Deep Space Nine. Not just those two characters, but like all of the like relationships and friendships that build over the course of those seven seasons. It's just really brilliant to watch. And it's what makes Deep Space Nine the best show in my opinion.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, like the, the whole character, like, every every show there's every good show should have character development over seven seasons for crying out loud but like I think it's the most poignant in DS9 because of Kira starts out as a terrorist for crying out loud
1: calls the Federation naive
0: and by the end of it she's in a way singing their praises and she has mellowed out and really become a really good level-headed leader by the time it's all said and done. Cisco um, going from like, forget Bajor and the Prophets, to kind of accepting his role and growing in his complicated role. Uh, and then like you point out, Jake and Nock, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like the the son of the captain and the nephew of the bartender, right? And those two being at odds, and of course like Nog has his dad roM, but but like the fact that we have like that juxtaposition going on between the captain and the bartender, and that they're they're just so close. And then just seeing how Nog doesn't want to be like the typical the atypical Ferengi. like he doesn't care about commerce and he does, but he doesn't not, want to be like his father. Not he doesn't care about it to the same extent that, you know, his his father and his uncle do. And that he's the first Ferengi to join Starfleet is just amazing, so. Um, but Una and Spock, we've seen them only a little bit, like with, um, I think, two or three short treks and then a handful of moments in Disco Season 2. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, I kinda like their friendship, their their relationship that they have a little in, in the times that we've seen them together. Um, in a way it's been refreshing seeing Spock, um, being paired with someone else, right? Like it's, yes, it's a younger Spock. It's, it's, um, Ethan Peck, like bearded hipster Spock pretty much. But, um, I've enjoyed seeing it so far with them, but for me, it's definitely Jake and Nog. Definitely all right we have one more for this round and i think once we we move on past like this first level it's going to go a lot quicker because we've made our cases for these characters before so uh, we might need to make some additional um, rationale for you know the deeper we get in this but um, I think it might go a little quicker but we'll see Last one, Jordy and Data versus O'Brien and Bashir.
1: This is like the final. This should be in the finals, not the first round. Like...
0: <laughs> You're welcome, Eric. <laughs>
1: this is a first round matchup. <laughs> All oh, like the cupcakes out there, like. <laughs> yeah, we got it. All right, all right. Let's start with Jordy and Data.
0: Let's start with them.
1: Do you want to start? Or do you want me to start?
0: So with with Jordian Data, um, I. <laughs> You you see the friendship kind of in season one, but it really starts to pick up once the Sherlock stuff really, really starts to enter the show. Was that season two? Because Dr. Pulaski joins them. That's right, that's right. And that's where we're introduced to um, um, Data's ultimate foe, Professor Moriarty. Uh, Because, you know, Geordi in all his brilliance says to make make um, someone comparable to data. Yeah. Not to Sherlock. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know like they're they're up there like with with like Picard and Spock or not Picard and Spock. Uh, Kirk and Spock. What you're saying like with the the ultimate bromance. I feel like it's it's definitely a bromance between them. Bromance.
1: And I'm I know I said this should be a finals matchup, but I'm I'm really struggling at the moment to like pick out specific moments because I just feel like it's so pervasive that like they're just friends and I I should be able to like okay here's a moment and pull it out, but I'm really struggling right now. Like what's a big Jordy data moment other than like what you already mentioned.
0: Um, well, there, I mean, there's some ones that stand out is Geordi um, and Data in Generations with um, getting the emotion chip, mm-hmm. and, yep. and Data can't control these new emotions that he's received. Oh, and he's- and he just he goes bonkers, and Jordy's like starting to lose it. Like, come on, Data, cry out loud! And seeing the, the the ebb and flow of going from what was it like joy and a amu- no like yeah joy and amusement to fear and terror because he he's paralyzed. He can't save his best friend, and he he knows he wants to, but he can't make himself do it. So I think that was a powerful moment. Like an annoying annoying but on just in one quick, quick turn, a powerful moment that really shone with, with Geordi and Data, at least in generations.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly the scene you're talking about. And like, he's like, Jordy, I'm so sorry. And like I just couldn't help you. And he's like, I feel like there are multiple moments where Jordy says, no Data, that makes you human. And he, he like, I, I can't pick out a specific episode, but I feel like there are many, many times where they have a discussion about something and Jordy's like, Data, that makes you human. Which is mm-hmm. the thing that Data wants more than anything else. Yeah.
0: And I don't know, like... I mean, again, in... It's not, a, it's not a favorite, but I think, you know, we, we've seen Data become more and more human um, over the span of seven seasons and four movies. And seeing him face himself, in a sense, in a Nemesis, um, where uh, Data's like, I want to upload or transfer this stuff to B4 and Jordy's kind of going back and forth. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, he'll have all your memories and, and things like that. And again, I think Geordi, Jordi Picard really did a good tag team of of bringing about the humanity in this machine, this Android. Right. And while Picard did it from like a command mentor perspective, jordi held his hand on his journey to humanity and i that is huge i think that's like not, very well said yeah not just not just like this is what it means to be human type of thing like picard would say but like jordi shared in like the adventures of joy and fear Excitement and celebration, whether it was on the holodeck, whether it was on ten forward, the bridge, engineering, on a away mission. Um, that's what I think. That's what a good friend does is they bring out the best in you. They help you grow, and that's I think that's what I really love and respect about the dynamic between Jordy and Data, from I, my perspective.
1: No, I think that's really good. Is like they did feel like partners on a journey. And, and I guess that's why I'm struggling to find these standout moments because they're always just together and, and you know, helping each other, working together, spending time in their off time together. And it's just a really solid friendship. There's not highs and lows, it's just steady on this journey.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm gonna go there for a second, Eric, but like, even with you and I, like I can think of like some big moments between you and I. Um, like when you were elected Lodge Chief and I was elected to be your Vice Chief. When you, um, you and um, Phil grabbed me for my vigil call out. Uh, when we went to like sections or camp outs together. Like there were like there were some sp- NOAC together, mm-hmm. you know? Those were some big moments for you and I and our friendship. But for the most part, like we just did life. Yeah. You know? We just did life together like with high school and college. That was it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that there needs to be something like a lot of like really big giant blow your mind mountaintop moments. Those are great. I think that's just friendship. And that's what's important about friendship to recognize about friendship.
1: I think you're right. That is exactly right. How I would view our relationship and I think that's how Like I would do, Data and Jordy's relationship as well. Yeah, you just, you just, you just friends. You just just spend time together. You just talk to each other. You help each other out, and you go on this journey together.
0: Yeah. So now that we've made a case for Jordy and Data, we gotta talk about O'Brien and Bashir. Ultimate bromance,
1: right? This is is a bromance in every sense of the word. (laughs) Bromance in the dictionary. (laughs) <laughs> need to see a picture of these two people. Yeah, I mean, like, come on, this is this is this is the ultimate bromance, and to see where it is, where it ends up, like, and to look back to where it started is just a remarkable journey, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, but, yep. Julian Bashir, if you ask anybody. Like I think it's even in the the What You Leave Behind documentary when all those like fans are like talking about what they think. They're like, man, I hated Dr. Bashir at the beginning, but it was around like season four or something when I really started to warm up to him. Yeah. Like, why did we hate J- Dr. Bashir at the beginning? Because he was an insufferable chatterbox. And- Basically. But like, was that because that was the way his character was written? Is that because that was the way Alexander Siddig played him? Was it because Alexander Siddig maybe wasn't as good of an actor back then? Like, what was the reason why we disliked Bashir at the beginning?
0: I just I thought he was insufferable. What's what's the other fancy word? Um, unflappable. Is that a good word? No,
1: like unflappable means like nobody can change your opinion. and You're never gonna give up no matter like what hardships were
0: thrown at you. Okay, so, like, with Unflappable, I was thinking of, like, the youngest in the 1960s uh, Swiss Family Robinsons. That kid's annoying. Okay, I okay moving along. That's not even Star Trek. Yeah. It involves boats and ships and voyages, so there we go. That's how it all ties in, y'all. It's,
1: like, this, like, super persistent, like, I want everyone to like me, and I'm never gonna shut up. Mm-hmm. And no one liked him at the beginning.
0: Yeah. No yeah. one did. No one did. No one. Not even not even Miles.
1: Nope. They, there's like, there's the one great episode, two great episodes, I guess, before, like, they become friends. There's the storyteller, and then there's rivals. Right, and the storyteller is the one where they have to go to, like, that village on Bajor, where, like, there's that, like, Cloud monster that's gonna like, um, like destroy the village, and O'Brien has to be like, the guy to like lead the village in talking back the smoke monster. Yeah. And like they're in the runabout, and he's like, Julian's like, you know you don't have to call me sir or doctor. You can call me Julian. He's like, O'Brien's like, yeah, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I feel about
0: that home slice. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: that's like the first time that they're ever, like, just together, is just the two of them, and you can see, like, Chief O'Brien is like, please, please, like, please let this end. Please don't let me be around this guy anymore. Mm-hmm. And then, like, in Rivals, that's, like, the first one where they play racquetball. And yeah. it's, like, the, the main story, like, of that is, like, some guy opens up a bar, right a bar right next to Corks, and he has these, like, devices that, like, change your luck or something.
0: That was an O'Brien Must Suffer episode, wasn't it?
1: Well, I don't think that was an O'Brien Must Suffer episode because I think what happened is, like, when O'Brien and Bashir were playing racquetball, like, (laughs) luck came to O'Brien and it all went away from Bashir. Okay. See, like, there's, like, a friendly ride. I mean... I wouldn't even call it a friendly rivalry at that point. I would call it just a rivalry at that point. Sure. Yeah. And then, I guess the episode where it changes for them is like a serious episode, though. And it's like Armageddon game. It's the one where they're like on some planet and they have to like destroy this like biological weapon. But like, then the people that made the weapon come in to try and like. Like kill all the scientists who worked on it so no one can ever build it again and then Bashir and O'Brien have to go on the run. It's like a serious okay. episode, but you can see where like they start to develop the appreciation for each other while they're on the run.
0: Yeah, and even even jumping ahead, you know, by the time we really get to I can't state I one, I don't know enough names outright from Deep Space Nine, so forgive me. Eric and everyone in Listener Listenerland, but I really think that the big change for their relationship happens after they go to the movie Greys. Like I think that's really like a good marker. Um, I guess it's like around like what season end of season four, beginning of five, thereabouts.
1: The episode, the first episode where they're in the Greys, is called Rapture. Okay. Uh, as well, like,
0: don't ask me why
1: I know
0: that. I just I know. Hey, it's it's all good but i like i really think that's that's when i started to notice the biggest change is like the the movie grays for them it might have occurred before but it was just more poignant for me at that point but i mean you you see a married o'brien trying to sneak away with his bachelor buddy to go you know kayaking or um storming the the alamo or whatever it might be and and that was fun
1: <laughs>
0: yeah That was fun. That was that was really cool to see. You know, like seeing where they start. Like they hate each other, or or really, Miles hates Bashir, and it's a very reluctant friendship. But then it just blossoms into something amazing. I was going to say beautiful, but I don't know.
1: I think, see, for me, the time when it becomes most poignant is when Keiko gets that job working on Bejor, and she's gone for months at a time. Yeah, and she takes Molly with her. Like, yeah. think, about, think about you, you have a wife and daughter.
0: I do. What would
1: happen if they, your wife got a job, let's say in Florida, right? And she took your daughter with her and you didn't get to see her for months. And you could talk on the phone and video chat, but you didn't get to actually see either of them. Like, how would you respond? Well, you would probably reach out to your friends a lot, right?
0: that and I would probably lose my mind but yes I would reach out to my buds
1: and like that's exactly what I feel like happened with with O'Brien is that like Keiko and Molly left and he's like what am I gonna do well I'm gonna cling on to my friend here cling on I'm gonna (laughs) yeah I'm gonna (laughs) on to my friend here right
0: so decision time Decision time.
1: See, like like I said, this is a finals matchup that you put in the first round. But it's it's two really strong friendships, two different friendships, as we just said. One is like these dramatic standout moments, and the other is just this steady, like, we're there for each other. But I think I'm going to go with O'Brien and Bashir.
0: Shocked face. <laughs> I would just, I would just like to, um, to cite our Twitter. By the way, that if um, if um, y'all aren't following y'all in Listenerland aren't uh, following us, make sure you go hit up Twitter at and uh, follow TRTV Pod. Um, so I I posed this question originally, like kind of preparing for this episode. I think this was posted on. Monday thereabouts Um, like what is your favorite best friend doing Star Trek leave a comment like and retweet this and some people were like I like Michael and Tilly Um, but overwhelmingly people would either respond with like a gif a meme or they would type it out with O'Brien and Bashir and um, (laughs) there's one that's kind of funny it's a gif and it's Bashir asking is that a buffet and O'Brien's like, not for long. <laughs> um, another person put, that might be a tie between Data and Geordi or Bashir and O'Brien. Another gif comment on this tweet thread was um, a hugging Bashir and O'Brien. Um, another reply was a laughing Jordy and Data. Uh, let's go to some retweets. I'm just delaying the inevitable, by the way, y'all. Um the the point was it kept going back and forth between the ultimate friendship between Jordy and Bashir and here it is round one, we gotta make this decision. Why then? Because why not? So we can have this very conversation.
1: We could have this very conversation in the finals. <laughs> but it wouldn't
0: be a bracket. It wouldn't be a bracket if I just decided who was gonna be in season two. Come on now. Or season round two.
1: Could've worked our way there. Put one at the top, one at the bottom, so when you work through the bracket, like they don't see each other until the end. Hey, you can fix this. You're the person setting it up.
0: That's that's true, and I, I did this, yeah. So we had some like hard ones, we got some softball ones. And anyways, they both have we both have seven seasons with them
1: we have more than seven with O'Brien, but like seven seasons of these two characters together. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So for me, you ready for another shock face. I'm going Jordi and data.
1: Okay. All right.
0: So that's an excellent question.
1: Well, I think we got to go to the listeners, right? You got one. I got one. And yeah. So now like go to your poll. more.
0: So, just looking at the main thread. Okay, we have. Um, I, okay, Professor, I need you to math for me for a second. Okay. Like, just, just count for me, or keep a tally or something for me. Are you busting out an Excel spreadsheet? Are you gonna add it to one of your tabs? oh go. So, so. Okay, I got. Uh, I'm just gonna say Bashir in data. Okay, so I got Bashir. Bashir. Um, data Data. And we're counting and counting. And we're counting. Are you kidding me? That was it? Nope. Hold on. Bashir. Data. Bashir. So I guess it's Bashir. Bashir and O'Brien.
1: Yeah, according to my count Sheeran O'Brien for
0: the win what w- what was that? well I
1: just counted 4 to 3 based on that
0: that was, that was close though
1: that was close like it's a like it, this is a close matchup right? yeah
0: yeah alright we're on to the next round of face-offs so hopefully this will go a little bit quicker since we've made cases before okay so that was round 1 let's go to round 2 alright let's do it alright Janeway Chakotay, Jake Nog. All right, I'm going with Jake and Nog here. Jake and Nog, I would agree with that
1: one too. As I said, like watching those two of them grow up together is one of the best, best experience parts of the experience of Deep Space Nine.
0: Okay. The Doctor and Seven, Tom and Harry. You didn't even
1: pick Tom and Harry in the first round, did you?
0: I did not. That was the one where we disagreed. Remember?
1: Pork and Odo, yeah. Yeah. So the Doctor and Seven, and Harry and Tom. I'm gonna go with Harry and Tom.
0: Okay. That's something I would agree with because, like, at this point, like, there's more fun that's being had. And there's more, I think there's more development that's taking place with Tom and Harry than there really is with the Doctor and Seven. I mean, the Doctor and Seven, they're both showing each other their own, like, humanity in a way, like, in a weird mm-hmm. way. But I am I, I think the friendship shines more with Tom and Harry than it does with Doc and Seven. I think that's that's correct. Okay. You ready for this one? Mm -hmm. Kirk and Bones versus Kirk and Spock.
1: I figured that's when you said you're ready for this one. I figured that was what was coming. (laughs) Spock versus Kirk and Bones. Like... Jesus, man. Like... (laughs)
0: I hope all of you, dear listeners, are enjoying this episode and me exasperating Eric on this episode.
1: <laughs> like these are like this is this is the triumvirate, right? Kirk, right. Spock, and Bones. Kirk in his chair, Spock on this side, Bones on this side. Like <laughs> every episode ends that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all can't see me losing it over here. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> Do you have faith of the heart, Eric?
1: I am going to go with Kirk and Spock simply for, I think, the emotional weight that comes with some of their biggest moments. You played the, the Wrath of Khan move. I don't think Kirk and Bones have that moment together. Okay. Although I would say at the beginning of that movie, at the beginning of um, The Wrath of Khan, there's a really poignant moment between Kirk and Bones where it's, it's Jim Kirk's birthday and Bones gives him like the reading glasses and it's like a very somber moment. He's like, damn it, Jim, other people have birthdays? Why are we treating this like a funeral? <laughs> so it is a nice moment up between the two of them. He, mm-hmm. Kirk has grown frustrated with like his diminished role and him getting older and Bones is there like trying to console him. Right. This is just a good movie, like The Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Like the step up in quality from the motion picture to The Wrath of Khan, even though, I like the motion picture. It's a great Star Trek idea. It was just boring.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think I've said this before, but I, I purposefully will put on the motion picture when I'm sick so that I can get some sleep.
1: Feels like it's five hours long.
0: Yeah, and it's not. It's, it's not. not. <laughs> so, so
1: what are you going with? Kirk and Bones, Kirk and
0: Spock. 100% Kirk and Spock.
1: Although I would say that if we're going to the Kelvin universe, I'd pick it the other way. Yeah. Right. I really do like Kirk and Bones in the, in the, in the Kelvin timeline.
0: Yeah, I really like Carl Urban and Chris Pine's portrayal of the characters. I think they are the most standout of it. And not that Zachary Quinto does a, a poor job as Spock. I mean, I think he does well. Um, but I just like I like the relationship better. I think, I mean, I know that they were okay. Hot take: they were ripping off Wrath of Khan and in Into Darkness. Mm-hmm. If I can just say that, can I say that? It's my show. I can say that.
1: Seven years, I think. You know, there's a statute of limitations on
0: spoilers. Well, I mean, it was it was a carbon copy of it. I mean, to a point, right? I mean, like, sure, they changed some things, but I think I could have. Not that it would've been the same reaction as what we saw in actual Wrath of Khan with Spock and Kirk, but I think I could've possibly had a similar experience if it were Kirk and Bones, more than Kirk and Spock in Into Darkness.
1: Sure, that's interesting, yeah. I I totally think that moment wasn't earned in that movie. No, no. don't know if it would have worked either way but I think maybe it would have worked better if it was Kirk and Bones there
0: yeah alright here we go Picard Riker Bashir O'Brien
1: um well seeing as how I don't think I I didn't even pick Kirk and Riker and Picard in the first round I'm going with Bashir and O'Brien
0: okay I'm just curious, like, if it were Trip Archer versus Bashir O'Brien, what would you pick? Bashir O'Brien. Bashir O'Brien, okay. Okay, fair enough. I think for this one, even though I was the naysayer against you, I think I am going to go with Bashir O'Brien on this one. Okay. 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 We're getting closer and closer, man. Closer and closer. It's it's about to get bonkers. We're in round three now, everyone. That la- that first round took f- friggin' ever. You have to talk about all the relationships, like you said. Yeah. Is this so? Here
1: we're in the finals.
0: Uh, we're in the. We're about to get down. This is going to narrow it down to the final two. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, here we go. All right. Jake and Nog versus Kirk and Spock.
1: Oh Okay. Like, the agony, the agony. <laughs> the agony. Oh, like. Okay. So I think what we have to, the way I have to look at this, and I have to say, We have 50 years, 55 years, like, obviously you and I don't have 55 years, but... um, That's a negative. Negative. But the idea is we have 55 years of Kirk and Spock, and they're the original, and when most people think about Star Trek, they think about Kirk and Spock. That's just what they come to. Yep. But then we have this beautiful relationship of two people growing up together, and just this amazing character development that frankly I don't think Kirk and Spock have the character development that Jake and Nog, Right? that might be a hot take right but I think that what I said is true like uh, I want to pick Jake and Nog I want to pick Jake and Nog. my heart tells me to pick Jake and Nog but my head tells me to pick Kirk and Spock. Um, And I'm normally a person that goes with my head over my heart. Tell me what you think before I make my pick. Don't, you don't have to make your pick, but tell me what you're thinking.
0: So with, with Jake and Nog, right? Like the, the seven seasons that we have with them, I think speaks Volumes, like even if we even if we threw out that we have a, over a half century with Kirk and Spock, okay, the Jake and Nog dynamic has buckets, dumpsters, silos full of growth and development that I would go as far to say is comparable with. What we saw with Kirk and Spock So, seven years versus 55 years. Or if you want to just call it really, 30 some odd years. Our life. But still, I, I, I feel a certain way. Like they both make me feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And they both stir up thoughts in a certain way for me. Both of them um, cause me to think of like really good moments that I've had in Star Trek like they're they're both there at the center along with like some of the folks that we've eliminated in this bracket but like certainly those two like those these two pairings are, are, are right there with all the good the good things that I can recall with Star Trek
1: mm-hmm. Uh, See, D-Space Nine is my favorite show, and it's not even close. Like, I mean, I love D-Space Nine. And I love D-Space Nine for these character interactions and these character developments over the course of the seven years. But when you think about Star Trek, I know that, you know... Star Trek, the original series is the shortest show, right? It's only three seasons and then you know six movies. But still when you think about Star Trek, you just think about Kirk and Spock mm-hmm. I don't know if I can get over that. And so my heart tells me to pick Jake and Nod, but I'm always the person that goes with my head and so I'm going to pick Kirk and Spock.
0: okay and let me let me say this about about my vote okay so i'm i'm I'm, i hear the kirk and spock thing so for me if i'm having a crappy day and i need some hope some information just some levity right like there are certain tv shows certain tv episodes that i'm going to go to um so like apart from star trek there's an episode of Doctor Who that I will always watch if I'm having a bad day. And it's called The Shakespeare Code. It's a David Tennant episode. It's a, it's technically, I think it's a season three of, of the revived Doctor Who. I will always watch that because it brings some levity and I can escape. Um, and if I'm feeling sick, if I'm not just feeling myself, like again, I need some levity. And for, for that comfort for that that better day that I'm looking for it's, it's going to always be Kirk and Spock. whether it's original series whether it's the movies or even animated series I've dabbled with the animated series and I, I can still get on board with that it's always going to be that now if I need to consider some stuff if I need to do some like deep introspection sure it's going to be Jake and Nog but I think thinking about what stands out more to me it's gonna be Kirk I
1: mm-hmm. see. I thought you were going the other way there for a second when you started this argument. Because I thought you were gonna be like, "I get the fifty years, but if I ever need to feel good about myself, I'm gonna watch these two friends having fun." I totally thought you were going the other way, and I was ready to leave. incoming tweet.
0: <laughs> All right. Okay, we're um, in the last... Not the last round, but we're the last part of this round with Bashir O'Brien versus Tom and Harry.
1: Well, I'm going with Bashir and O'Brien here. Yeah. Pretty much um, a no-brainer in my mind. And okay. But, like, like D-Space Night is my favorite, and Voyager is my second favorite, and... I like I really do like the dynamic the dynamic between Tom and Harry. I think mm-hmm. they are really good friends here. And like that standout first that first moment when they meet each other. I know I talked about that earlier, but I laugh hysterically every time I see when Harry met Tom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, everyone in Listener Land. Um, I'm also going with Bashir and O'Brien. I'd rather watch them also. Um, Alright everyone in listener land. This is it. This is This is for all the marbles. This is for all the dilithium. It comes down to this. Kirk and Spock versus Bashir and O'Brien.
1: And I know when we were talking about Bashir and O'Brien versus Data and Jordy, I said this could have been the finals matchup, right? hmm Honestly, could the actual finals have been anything else
0: besides these two pairings right here? I think it could have.
1: Okay. Okay, alright.
0: Yeah, perhaps. I think I think Burnham and Tilly could have won the whole thing.
1: the two most now you're just being a troll, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? You totally you lose my train of thought by trolling me. Oh,
0: you're like, <laughs> could, it have, could it have been anyone else?
1: This is certainly the most obvious, the two most obvious candidates for the the finals, right? Okay could have been anything else yes most certainly but if you're going to just say what is the most obvious answer i think this is this is what you would have thought
0: i mean like just to 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 be fair i mean we were on the struggle bus for a hot second there with jake and nog right and even like with jake and nog and, and kirk and spock i mean so it very well could have been like a ds9 sweep right i mean this could have been Either either Jake or Nog or or Bashir and O'Brien here in this final round,
1: and it also could have been Data and Jordy in the final round easily.
0: Yeah, it could have been Jake and Nog versus Jordy and Data.
1: Yeah. So, okay, it could have been something else, but I think the point. This is probably the most obvious finals match.
0: Sure. I did not engineer it this way. I promise you, I did not. Don't look at me that way, man. I'm not
1: looking at you any kind of way. All right. All right. I'm putting myself, you know, in my thinking man's cap here. and I'm saying... I picked Kirk and Spock because, as I said, when you think about Star Trek, even though there's so much else, there's so much of Star Trek that is not... Kirk, Spock, right? There's, what, 90% of Star Trek is not Kirk and Spock, right? That's right. It's 90%, but most of it is not Kirk and Spock. But when you think about Star Trek, this is always where your mind first goes, is to Kirk and Spock. And they are, like, the crux of what made Star Trek the phenomenon that it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, you ask our parents, I mean, really, you ask anyone that, whether they're Trek fans or not, you know, you, you, you ask them just a random question about Star Trek, and they automatically think of, of Bill Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. Automatically. And, like, the, the really bright colors. Like, they don't think of, like, old Baldy and his cup of tea, you know?
1: They certainly don't think about O'Brien and Bashir.
0: No. But here's the thing, man, like, I know that you were joking about this and even to to an extent you were joking about this, um, and even some of the folks out there um, in the Twitter sphere and elsewhere that were saying, if it's not O'Brien and Bashir, you're just wrong, or it's wrong or something like that. Like, the correct answer is always O'Brien and Bashir. Like, the the real thing that you got to decide, Eric, and I say this with all seriousness, is you you stated a moment ago that you got to you typically listen to your head more than your heart and and this might come down to a head heart thing or it might be both in your head so you got to decide what you're going to listen to on this one
1: sometimes sometimes friendships are not about the head right sometimes it doesn't make sense sometimes you have to go with your heart and your emotions when you're building friendships yeah i think that is i mean going back to like Jake and Nog, I think that is part of it. Like, it doesn't make sense in your head. But it makes sense in your heart. Oh, lording me, lording me, lording me. Why did I agree to do this?
0: Because you're a good friend. I know I am. (laughs) See what I did there?
1: Yeah, I see what you did there. I, I totally got it. I use <laughs> um Before I change my mind again You should play the Jeopardy music.
0: I should play the Jeopardy music. Well, I'm thinking here, right? You know.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, I know a guy Okay, alright, 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 alright. Hold on, just 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 for funsies, hold on. Funsies? truth moment of truth if you're
1: talking about characters in general and what characters do you relate to what characters do you want to watch what characters does your mind immediately bring you to kirk and spock is the winner hands down but that's not necessarily what we're trying to do here We're not trying to just talk about who are the best characters, who are the most important characters, who are the most dynamic characters. We're trying to talk about who the best friends are. And at the end of the day, I think that's O'Brien and Bashir. I really do. Because they just feel so much closer. And this is like the ultimate bromance. And they have so many poignant moments together, so many fun moments, and to see where they started to where they end up is really incredible to watch. So, I'm going with Bashir and O'Brien.
0: Okay. Now, this is a serious question. I'm not trying to troll you, dude. Um, one, I can't remember a lot of details about Deep Space Nine. You know that. Okay. But, I will ask this. Do you think believe whatever that Bashir O'Brien would be willing to give up their life for the other person for the crew and in, in a similar way that maybe Spock did for Kirk and company
1: well I think to answer that question I think we actually have an answer to that question
0: okay fair enough
1: there is the the one of the very final episodes of D space nine is um called extreme measures where um Bashir is trying to find a cure to the disease that section 31 created against the founders and they go into Sloan's mind and there's a moment where I think where the two of them are about to die like they're literally Sloan is dying and he's going to take them with him and um I think in that moment i would say absolutely yes there's there's a moment where like the light starts to come and bashir's like what's that no O'Brien's like that's the tunnel that's the tunnel of light and we're both heading toward that and i came he, i came into here with with you and i didn't get to He says something like i didn't get to tell keiko why i did this and she's like she'll know you did it for me and she's like and he's like i think that's the problem is that Keiko knows I did it for you and knows that I would be willing to do anything for you, including giving my life. So I think we actually have an answer to your question.
0: Okay, fair enough. So this one is it's still slightly difficult. Um, I mean, I made the case about I turn on Kirk and Spock you know, more than I would Jake and Nog because of like how, how the characters make me feel right. But to your point in the purpose of this, this episode, we're also talking about who really shines as the best of the best friends. And like Bashir and O'Brien, we, we see how, how it plays out, right? Like we, we see them, Go from being uh, re- reluctant in just their relationship period. Not even as friends, but just as like crewmates. Like they're just they're reluctant at the beginning, and you kind of have that in a way with Spock and Kirk. Like, like he's half human, half Vulcan, and not really like understanding like this cowboy diplomacy bit. This this. Um, this person called kirk so there's there's still there's reluctance in in a way with both relationships right Mm -hmm. i think that's something we could probably agree on absolutely um and you you again you see this development where they warm up to each other and It's to me, it's kind of neck and neck with like the, the warming up that they have with one another. Um, because it's still ve- they're, they're both very professional with each other, right? Because like O'Brien is technically enlisted and Bashir is an officer. I mean, he's younger, but he's older type of thing. Um, and it's professional, it's, it's science officer slash first officer and captain. So they got that professional. Like neck and neck thing going on. They got the warm up neck and neck thing going on. They have the reluctant uh, beginnings going on. Um, I got more nostalgia for for Kirk and Spock than I do for Bashir and O'Brien. We we see them both go on away missions and get into shenanigans together, all along the way. And if we if we look at that, like they're they they really are neck and neck with all that stuff. And I think the thing even even with like the, the, the being willing to die for each other they both have that just as you so astutely pointed out with that episode of Deep Space Nine which is a brilliant episode I love that episode now that I think about it but I think the human touch is, is just as important with Kirk towards towards um Spock, and even like the the Alamo kayaking, squash, racquetball, whatever it's called, thing. But I think the one that takes it by a nose for me, just by a nose, is Bashir and O'Brien.
1: Okay. Wow. Wow. I I really thought again you were setting me up, and you were going the other way.
0: Yeah, but by by a nose. It's Bashir and O'Brien for me.
1: I totally thought you were going the other way. Speech <laughs> here.
0: Well, that's that's my job as captain. I'm, i got to make those speeches, you know.
1: Uh, well, do it. I'm not a speech.
0: <laughs> well, there we have it. How are you feeling about this, man, and how this all played out?
1: I feel good about it. There were some tough choices, right? You, you uh, ran my little heart through the ringer here. <laughs> does that to me. Um, and this was fun, you know. Star Trek is supposed to be fun. There's a lot of serious moments to it, but it's supposed to be fun. And being with friends is supposed to be fun. And yeah. so had a lot of fun, you know, recording this and talking with you about all of these good friendships here.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, and, and what better person to do it with than the person that is my friend and that introduced me to, well, kind of introduced me to Star Trek or at least fed my Star Trek obsession you early on. Used me. Uh, I do. I always will too, by the way, that's just, that's, that's going to happen.
1: Okay. I accept that.
0: <laughs> so for all of y'all listening, um, I'm curious if our choices matched your choices. Um, I'm going to post this, um, this bracket. Um, in fact, by the time you hear this, you will have already had it posted for the bracket, and I um, I would love for you guys to post your own bracket um, on our all our socials on on Facebook and, and definitely on Twitter. Um, you can even post on Instagram and tag us in that. And um,
1: if there's any if there's any friendships that you feel like we miss, maybe Kira and Dax or Cisco and Dax or anybody, if you think that that you would have wanted to include in this list. I would love
0: to hear that. Yeah. And, and like, like I said uh, at the beginning with the disclaimer, we know that we, we had left some folks out. There's just, there's too many iterations to really zero in on in one shot. But, um, I don't know. I wouldn't mind doing a bracket like this some, somewhere down the road, uh, with something else.
1: Yeah. It's just fun.
0: So, well, anyway, I guess, I guess that's it so um, yeah thanks Eric for being my my victim I mean my my guest host this week
1: thanks for having me back it's you know we said at the top it's been a while but it's fun to get back up in the, in the saddle so to speak
0: yeah all right well with that again just make sure that you um, that you uh, share the stuff with us um, on all our socials at Pod as uh, our handle we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and remember that you can interact with us. Um, you know, sent, again, you can send us a comment um, or a question or something like that. You can go to trtvpod.com and uh, go to the uh, Hailing Frequencies uh, portion of our page, and there's drop-down menu, a little cute little comment box for you to fill out for us. Um, so make sure you check that out and uh, participate with us. Uh, and you know, when when I think of of everyone listening, I'm so very grateful for each and every one of you um, for supporting the show by listening uh, week in week out. Uh, We've been doing this for over a year now and um, it doesn't go unnoticed. So thank you to everyone that's been been listening for really since the beginning, since we started um, in October of last year at the time of this recording. So uh, with that, um, if you want to support us even more and help keep the, the dilithium crystals um, and good stock and keep our our ship running and our our station powered you can uh, support us um, on patreon and uh, there's also a link on our website patreon.com slash these are the voyages and there's some affordable tiers for you um, so uh, with different benefits that go along with it Um, now apart from the website you can also send us an email directly to uh, trtvpod at gmail.com And you can also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute time limit in your comments Maybe used on a future episode of These Are The Voyages. And uh, finally, if you're really into writing, you know, handwritten notes and letters and stuff like that, or wanna send us like a cool little Star Trek tchotchke or something like that, you can do that. Uh, You can mail it to the Lone Star Station at PO Box 2455, Azle, Texas, that's A-Z-L-E. 76098. I want to thank each and every one of you for um, being our friend today. And um, as we leave here today, just remember to always boldly go and make it so.